0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Blob Talk Radio. Let's get ready to rumble!
0: Time now for the Gridiron the Show. You, know, well, you can be all American. I'm actually now. Yeah. Actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. Hey, hey you know me, I'm saying. You yeah, ain't yeah. got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasah, you all need more discipline. True discipline. Come said, on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Girl, get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that.
3: The number to call, 347-633-9365. <laughs> y'all got to take, y'all know that. <laughs> or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gretiron
0: Come and get some! And now... Your host, Chad Wilson. <laughs> guess that's my cue and here i am
3: it's 10 o'clock eastern time here on a thursday october 1st 2015 fall is on its way though you'd never know it here in south florida as it's another sunny warm day sorry to you folks listening to me in any parts of the northeast or midwest where you may be experiencing some declining temperatures it is what it is as they say and uh we're here it's High school, college football, NFL football descending upon us for another weekend as we're flying through the uh, football season here. We're already in uh, week five for college football. This is week six for high school football and week four already for NFL football. And already you have some teams in some must-win situations International Football League, I think for the Miami Dolphins faithful, you know, from a playoff scenario, this is not a must-win situation as they travel to London to take on the New York Jets. But just for the sanity of the fans and the media that's down here in the South Florida, this is a must-win game for the Miami Dolphins. You can't lose to the Buffalo Bills at home in your home opener in the fashion in which you did, 41-14, for those of you who may have forgotten the score, and then come back the next week and lose to the New York Jets. You just can't do it. I don't know what this place is going to be like if the Miami Dolphins travel out to London and don't come back home with a win against the New York Jets, who are not... These guys aren't slouches, the New York Jets. Jets are perfectly capable of winning this game, perfectly capable of beating the Miami Dolphins, and perfectly capable of sending South Florida into a complete frenzy and sending everyone bolting for the Miami Heat basketball season. That could very well happen. So very serious situation and important game for the Miami Dolphins when uh they enter Wembley Stadium Sunday morning our time uh to face the Jets. Uh number of things on the docket today, of course, it's Thursday, so I have my uh Florida Gators and Seminoles talk. You know plenty to talk about with the Gators. An absolutely amazing comeback win, one for the ages as they sent Tennessee home a loser for the eleventh straight time. Vols fans uh are into their rum. They must have been on that rum all week long. So we'll talk about the uh the amazing win against Tennessee and the even bigger game that's coming up on Saturday night as the Gators take on Ole Miss. We'll be talking with Nick Delatory from Gator Country at the bottom of the hour about that. Also, we'll have Bud Elliott on from Tomahawk Nation. The Seminoles were off last week, but uh, they're back in action this week, taking on Wake Forest, so we'll get the latest from Florida State with Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation. That'll be at the top of the next hour. Before that, though, a number of things that are on my mind that are out there. Uh, and here we go again. Uh, we went through this whole thing with Jadavion Clowney, where the media wants to just uh, create a situation where there shouldn't be one. And they're at it again. Leonard Fournette's had a good four games here to begin the college football season. And here we go. Media, they want to crank up to talk about should he play his next year, should he challenge the NFL rule, Blah, 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 blah. Hey, look, come on. For crying out loud, you know, the media just really irritates me. They do so many things that are just completely and totally aggravating, and it's for one reason and one reason only. It's just to talk about something. They're like an annoying chick right now, the media. Shut up already. Let the guy play football. Should he challenge the rule to go to the NFL? Should he sit out a year? What the hell is that? Only a guy in some Dockers and a button-up shirt who's never stepped on the field says some nonsense like that. Come on for crying out loud. Should he leave after two years? Hey, man, Bo didn't. Herschel didn't. Smith didn't. Dickerson didn't. Sanders didn't. Peyton didn't. Worley didn't. They played, man. They went to college and they played. They played football. i to manipulate and control life. Yeah, you play football. It's violent. You might get hit. You might get hurt. You might get hit in your knee. We're going to dodge all that. We're going to suddenly be a beast. We're going to be a beast one moment, then the next. We're going to be a coward. I'm not going to suit up. I'm not going to play football. I'm going to sit out of here so I can go make money. And then it's all, everything now is all about the money. It's all about the money. Should we pay the college football players? What are they worth? Everyone's worried about what they're worth. And no one wonders about the value that they actually uh, bring to others. Oh, I scored a couple touchdowns. What am I worth? I should be getting paid. Man, in due time. First things first. Isn't that what we teach kids anymore? We're just not into that. The moment you do anything great, let me find out how I can get paid about you know, come on, man. Some of these vultures out here would just as soon trash college football for the sake of it. College basketball is an is almost an unwatchable product right now it 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 absolutely is not something you want to look at during the regular season. The only time you're going to care about college basketball at this point now is during March Madness, and even that is going to start to wane. You don't know the people that are playing anymore. The moment a kid comes on the court and has any kind of success, he's out of there. He's out of there and he's going to the NBA. Is this what we want to have happen to college football? So if some freshman comes in, a C.C. Jefferson or a Byron Cowart comes in and has 10 sacks this year, he should bolt for the NFL? Or he should sit out a year? Because, oh, he has value? Is that what should happen? Johnny Manziel comes in as a freshman, lights it up. Oh, let me petition the NFL to go in early. So no more Johnny Manziel. We get one year of a great player in college football, one or two years, and then that's it. What would happen to the college football product, you numbskulls that are asking for this? You idiots. Oh, because he might be worth $14 million? Go play football, man. If that stuff's meant to happen, it will happen. So what? Leonard Fournette sits out a year, and because he might get hurt, then he goes, he's a rookie somewhere, and then he does get hurt? Then what? Then what's that? He got $14 million out of an organization? That junk's never going to happen. Do you understand me? The NFL's not going to let go of that. They're not. It will take the act of Congress to throw that back, and I don't know that they're wrong. Oh, let me grab this running back out of college football because he might get hurt. But it's okay if he plays for me and he gets hurt and he has a career-ending knee injury for me after I paid him a $8 million signing bonus. I'm okay with that? Stop the bull crap. Unless Miles is saying the same thing, obviously. Because he stands to lose big time if uh, anything comes of this Fournette to the NFL talk. Jesus, let Leonard Fournette play his college football career. Stupid. Stop it. It's ridiculous. wish people would just shut up with that. But nevertheless, like I said, the media nowadays are a bunch of uh, annoying chicks that just want to have something to talk about. So let's just say Leonard Fournette should go to the NFL, and let's have big, long, 24-hour news cycle talks about it. It's stupid. It really irritates me. Maybe I'm getting all oh, I'm getting. I'm so irritated with the media. Shut up. Let Leonard Fournette play his college football career. If it was left to you, morons, you trash college football with having everyone leave early. The slightest of success, they bounce, and then where the game would be unrecognizable, nothing to watch. And then you'll write stories about how college football is boring and the powers that be destroyed the college football product. You create situations, have them develop, then you write about how stupid it was for the decisions to be made. Get lost. This Cam Newton story is not going anywhere. Kind of thought this would run its course. You know, I thought this would be a one or two day thing. And, uh, you know, something else would push it out of the way. And it's just not going anywhere. i got to admit, I at first was not really buying the whole Cam story. Wasn't really buying it. Wasn't too soul that uh, Ed Hockley something, uh, said something like that to him during the game. Now I'm not so sure. But hell, I, no one really knows. Only people really know the two principles involved. Maybe he did say it. I'd have a hard time believing Hockley said that, truly meaning it. But maybe he did. And maybe now I'm a little bit in Cam's quarter, corner. Corner. Yeah, man, I'm, I am I want to be safe out here on the field. I got big defensive ends and linebackers wishing me harm every week. Can I get some protection from that? Can I get the same kind of protection that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and all those other guys get? No, I haven't won a Super Bowl. Or been a league MVP, but good grief, do I have to do that? And how old do I need to be to get a call like that? What exactly is it that I need to do to get that? So maybe Cam has a point. And I can get off of Cam's case a little bit. But uh, he uh, may indeed have a point. So uh, if he's running out of bounds, someone shouldn't be able to dive at his legs. And uh, he should get a call on that. So, uh, Hockley denies it. I think if this doesn't go away, someone's going to have to admit to something, and then that'll be the other shoe that drops in this whole deal. That'll be the shoe that drops. So, I don't know. I thought it'd go away. It's not going away, so it may just hang around for a while. Coming up later on my uh, NFL segment, I'm going to give you my top five NFL teams through week three of the NFL season, who are the top five teams in the league right now. Also throwing this out to you, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now? That's been a bit of a debate. I think I'll lay out my top five on that, too. We'll see if I agree with the uh, mass quantities of people now. You know, this who's the best thing flows from week to week It's a, and year to year. I'm wondering where all those uh, Andrew Luck should be included in the top five quarterbacks in the league, people. Where are those people at? They disappeared, they're gone? Huh? Where where are they? Can't find them. They were all over me when I put out my list of the top five QBs going into this season. Andrew Luck definitely should Come on, man, he feasted off of a very sorry AFC South. AFC South is in position to fight back now, and uh, we got a problem. Not getting it done. And I'm not saying Andrew Luck's not a good quarterback. He is. Just too early for him. And let's see what he does against solid competition. We got a chance to see that last year. Wasn't very good in games against Dallas and Pittsburgh and New England. You know, the heavyweights of the league. Looked like in those games he was wishing it was Houston or wishing it was Tennessee or wishing it was Jacksonville because it really wasn't happening for him, and his Colts got blown out. Yeah, I know people are going to want to tell me he's got the worst defensive, uh, worst offensive line ever, and there's no running game, blah, blah. Okay, you know, these other guys don't have the best of everything either. Aaron Rodgers is without his top target. People say the defense he's got there in Green Bay hasn't been the best. Who's Tom Brady throwing the ball to? Julian Edelman starts where? He's a number one receiver where else but in New England. What did Wes Welker do when he left out of the Boston area? What would he do before he came into Boston and was a part of the New England Patriots? He was a Miami Dolphin and no one really knew who the hell he was. Blew up as a Patriot. Left and has uh, quietly slipped out of the league. So, Cool it on the Andrew Luck talk.
0: All
3: right, we're going to take a break. When I get back, we'll continue with uh, NFL talk. Talk a little fantasy football. There's a game tonight. Baltimore fighting for their life, taking on Pittsburgh, who doesn't have Roethlisberger, but they got some other guy that's pretty good, named Mike Vick. We'll talk about that, and I'll give you my top five NFL teams and top wide receivers in the league. Who is my number one wide receiver in the league? Talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud show right after this.
0: Mommy, calling all night, I can pull a wool while I'm being polite. Like, darling, callin' all night. I can be a fool while I'm being polite. Like, Hold oh me, owe oh oh my I know many women wanna be in my life Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well get
3: ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Studs show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo
0: code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need.
3: Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a
0: clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. All right, we're back here on the
3: Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, going to talk a little bit of NFL football. Now we do have a game tonight. We do have a game tonight. Um, you know, I've been against these Thursdays, these early year Thursday night NFL games. So unnecessary. I'm with some of these guys. Why are we doing this to these NFL players? Why are we having them play games on Sunday and putting them on Thursday? Why are we doing that? I don't get it. And why are we doing it this early in the season? Right now, Thursday should be about college football. Nevertheless, I'm not going to go into that tangent. Uh there is a game tonight at the Baltimore Ravens, the ON3 Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Here's the deal. Baltimore, which, you know, I do need to throw out there as my pick to go to the Super Bowl, that's looking worse and worse each week on horrendous status right now, is an 0-3 football team. Now, have they been in every game? Yes. Could they have won every game? Sure. They've won none of them. 24-28 loss to Cincinnati last week. Lost at Oakland a week before, 33-37. And uh, lost to the Denver Broncos in the opener, 19-13. 17 total points. Uh, The margin of all these, you know, total margin of all these losses. I don't know that they're playing bad. Baltimore has held every opponent under 100 yards rushing. Now, they could do a little better on the uh, running side. They could run the ball a little better. It's just not like the Ray Rice days. Just not. I thought they would be a little more competent in the running game. They have not been 100-yard rushing game. That came against the Oakland Raiders. Other than that, they've been totally reliant on uh, Joe Flacco's arm, and it has not been enough. Let's just be honest. They've come up short in these games. Nevertheless, uh, the the Ravens are at 0-3. A three-point favorite on the road tonight in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They opened as two-point favorites, and the line went up, believe it or not, to a minus three where it sits right now. And uh, we all know what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lost Ben Roethlisberger for about four to six weeks last week in their game against St. Louis. So enter Michael Vick. But is there that much of a drop-off with Michael Vick that – A Pittsburgh Steelers team who would probably be, at minimum, a three-point favorite in this game with Roethlisberger. I would suspect it probably would have been somewhere around five or five-and-a-half. Having Michael Vick in there is an eight-point swing? Is that where we're at? Who agrees with that? That sounds crazy to me. But uh, that's the case. The 0-3... Baltimore Ravens are traveling to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers and their favorites in the game in Pittsburgh. I don't know about that. I'm going to kick that one around. I may like the Steelers in this contest. Is it the old Michael Vick? No. But Michael Vick is absolutely in... He's in Toys R Us right now. You've got Antonio Brown. You've got Le'Veon Bell. You've got Bryant. You've got You've got a number of weapons. you got a really good tight end. I mean, you're going to convert third downs with this team. I don't care who you are. You could be Charlie Batch back there. Mr. The clipboard himself. And you're going to convert third downs and stay on the field with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just too many ways for them to attack you on a third down play. And that's whether it's third and long or third and four or, you know, whatever the deal is. And don't forget, Vic himself can take off running. Something Roethlisberger doesn't do a whole lot of, but what Ben does do is keep plays alive just by shrugging off sack attempts. But Vic himself can pull the ball down if you're trying to cover everyone. He Still has some running ability. So interesting to me. I'd probably lean the way of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. All right, I promised you my top five NFL teams right now. Not an easy list to put together at the moment. I I do need to tell you that. There's some teams playing some pretty good football right now. My list may be a surprise to some people or not. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. And we'll start at number 5. Number 5 on this list of the top 5 NFL, I guess would be my power rankings though I'm not throwing out figures to you, like uh, I didn't run this through a computer. Number five on this list for me are the Denver Broncos. And there are a number of teams in the NFL right now that uh, have undefeated records. Seven teams to be exact. Might have made things a little easier if there were just five teams, but I'm not always one to just throw teams on there because they are undefeated. So, you know, I'll just throw that out there. But nevertheless, the Broncos have two road wins. You know, winning in Kansas City is not easy to do. They did that, went out there and got that win. They did beat. Listen, even though they're 0-3, this is a good Baltimore Ravens football team. I mean, they're going to win games this year. They're just in a tough scheduling I mean, they started off with the Broncos. Then uh, they had another West Coast game and decided to stay out there. And then you came home and played a Cincinnati team that's playing good football right now. So Baltimore's a good team. Denver beat them at home and then has proceeded to win back to back road games, and one of them being a Monday night game. Now, our Detroit world beaters? No, they're 0 3, but Detroit's a good football team. Detroit's a place where you can go and lose. And uh, the Broncos are 3 0. So I. Put the Broncos in there at uh, number five. Number four, the Arizona Cardinals. And this team could be up there at number two or one. I mean, they just absolutely took the San Francisco 49ers apart last week. This game was over in eight minutes. However, I can't go all in on uh, the Cardinals and slide them all the way up the list, you know, the competition hasn't really been all that for them. Saints are not having a really good year. They beat them at home. Uh, they beat up on a Chicago Bears team that just is can't get out of their own way. And uh, the 49ers are also fall in that category. However, I will, you know, it is the NFL. These are professionals we're talking about, and the Cardinals are absolutely punching people in the face right now. And they're putting up points like crazy. Offense moving the ball, getting the ball in the end zone. Defense forcing turnovers. Defense scoring touchdowns. I mean, the scoring last week, the first 14 points went to the defense. So though the competition has not been all that for Arizona, you do have to uh, give them some credit and admire the way that they are uh, putting a foot on people's neck. Number three, the Atlanta Falcons. I got to give it to them too. That back-to-back road wins that they just pulled off, New York Giants then the Dallas Cowboys. Impressive. You got to give the Falcons their props. It's no denying that. So, you give the Falcons their props there. They did open up with a uh, Monday Night win against the Philadelphia Eagles and then follow that up with I mean, like they own the NFC East right now. Falcons own it. They've just run through that thing real nice and easy. And they go to Dallas and put up 39 on the Cowboys. Yes, a Tony Romo-less Dallas Cowboys. But uh, they showed some heart coming back. You got to give it to them. All right, one and two. Very difficult. You can go either way on it. Uh, I'm putting the New England Patriots at number two. Why? They played Jacksonville last week. I'm not giving you any credit for beating the Jags. So with uh, everything being close, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put the Patriots at two instead of one because of that Jags win. Yeah, did they hammer them? Yeah, they did that. You're supposed to do that. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, unless you're the Miami Dolphins, of course, then you just lose to those guys. But uh, Patriots, uh, you got to give it to them. They did open up the season with a win against the Steelers. They get some. They get some some points for that. They beat a good and improved Buffalo Bills team. But uh, the Jags thing it was the uh, deciding factor for me. Green Bay is my number one team in the NFL right now. Just playing really good football. Opened up the season with a win at Chicago. Then you beat the Seattle Seahawks defending NFC champs. And then you hosted uh, a pretty good Kansas City Chiefs team on Monday night. And came up with the win there. So uh, that's that's my top five. Denver at five. Arizona at four. Falcons at three. Patriots two. Packers. My uh, number one team in the NFL right now. For those of you who cared and wanted to know these things. Hey, there's some talk now. Julio Jones is going off. Absolutely having a great, great season so far. And again, we're very, very early in this thing. We're only heading into, I mean, this weekend would constitute just a quarter of the season having been played. But uh, early on here, uh, a lot of talk about Julio Jones, and rightfully so. NFL's leading receiver for yards. Got to give him his props. And people are saying he's the best in the NFL right now. Man, is... Be hard to argue against it, though I will. Because I, you know, I like to see a bit of a resume, and Julio Jones's resume has been great. Let me not say that, but Antonio Brown's just been a better receiver. And it is tough. I'm not going to lie to you. What Julio Jones brings to the table in terms of size and speed and route running is uh, extremely difficult to deal with. But on the flip side, Antonio Brown has just been a nightmare for DVs. I don't know if I've seen anyone cover him yet. I don't know that I've seen anyone do a really solid bang-up job against Antonio Brown. Now, has he seen Richard Sherman? I'm not sure. Don't recall it. Has he seen Rivas? I'm sure they've matched up. Don't recall the matchup. Don't recall anyone saying how Rivas put the clamps on Antonio Brown. He's so great after the catch. He does such a great job of getting open and sitting down in zones and then doing something with the ball afterwards that it's, right now, he's my number one guy. And he's not that far behind Julio Jones. Julio Jones, 440 yards through the first three games of the season here. And Brown... Only four yards behind him with 436. Both players similar in yards after catch. Julio, 120 yards. Brown, 117. Julio Jones, 23 first down catches. Antonio Brown, 19. Brown, uh, more yards per catch, though, 15 to 12.9. But uh, I'm just going to give the nod to Antonio Brown. Others uh, I put on this list. I mean, you know, I got to put, I got to put Beckham at number three on this list. I'm watching this guy play the game. I'm watching a route running. I'm watching what he does after he catches the ball. I'm seeing him off the line of scrimmage. Very dangerous stuff. Putting him at number three. Number four is a guy that's kind of slid down the uh, pole here a little bit. Remember when Calvin Johnson and the whole Megatron? Like, there was no question when you asked who was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Without question, you just said Calvin Johnson. You don't really do that anymore. And I'm, I don't know if it's injuries or if it's just—I don't know what the deal is. Still a great, still a great receiver. Still an awful matchup for most DBs, but uh, not one or two of the top guys, in my opinion. So I got Calvin Johnson at four. Number five is an AJ Green. Another one of those freak of nature type guys. 6'4", 207. And did you see him catch that seam route against the Ravens? Showed great speed. And then uh, they couldn't get the guy to the ground. That's what you're dealing with in the NFL right now. A.J. Green, 6'4", 207 pounds. That's what you're asking defensive backs to cover now. Julio Jones, 6'3, 220 pounds. These were tight ends back in the day. These guys are massive. We all know about Calvin Johnson's dimensions, 6'5, 237. A quick Calvin Johnson story. I'm watching the NFL scouting combine the year that he came out. And listen, you knew about Calvin Johnson. Were people calling him the best wide receiver in college football at the time? No. But you could see this big guy running around on the football field and doing things. But well, we get to the NFL scouting combine the year he's coming out, and he gets down in the stance to run a 40-yard dash, and he runs. And on this clock, it's saying 435. Now, you know, before they run, they tell you what the height and weight is. six five, two forty. 240. And the guy comes through the line, and they're saying four, three, five. I got annoyed. I got scared. I was afraid. I went through a lot of emotions. So many emotions. I turned the TV off right after his forty-yard dash. Turned it off and unplugged the TV because in my mind, my television was telling me lies. Six-five-two forty don't move like that. And as a guy who played defensive back, what the hell are you supposed to do with that? Six five two forty. That's what's rolling out there. And then the NFL wants to have these rules about you can't touch a guy like that. Come on. File that under. Absolutely not fear. Yeah, that's what it is out there. So Calvin Johnson, though, and these are the beasts that are out there. A.J. Green, 6'4". Calvin Johnson, 6'5". Julio Jones, 6'3". He's 220 pounds, and he puts his foot in the ground and runs an out route like nobody's business. These are the size of tight ends back in the day. Absolutely ridiculous. I'll be back to talk some college football right after this.
1: <laughs> what is this? Maybach music. <laughs>
0: Hey, hey, hey! Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel
3: has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for 25 dollars and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right. They'll match your initial deposit all the way up to two hundred dollars. What more can you ask for? Just head over to fanduel.com right now and enter the promo code GridironStuds when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to fanduel.com and enter the promo code GridironStuds. Do it now.
0: Oh. <coughs>
3: Country.com's Nick Delatory joins me here in about five ten minutes to talk about the Florida Gators and the uh, absolute craziness that went down against Tennessee last week, and uh, the big old Miss game coming up. One of uh, several marquee matchups that we have on the docket for this week's games. College football is an event. It definitely is. Each and every week, you got something really big time to look forward to, and you got numbskulls, complete morons out there wanting to mess that up by saying kids should head to the league early. They want Leonard Fournette to go to the NFL after this year. You know, you make an exception for Leonard Fournette, how many other guys start petitioning, and how long before this becomes a really, really big, big deal, and now everyone, then they just tear the door down, and now everyone who does anything great early on, wants to go to the league. Do people actually understand the ramifications of that? Do you understand right now how difficult it is now to even uh, sell a kid on coming in and developing out of high school when he's coming to college? They all want to play immediately upon stepping on campus. They're not trying to ease their way into their college experience. They're not trying to get acclimated to uh, their academic life. If I've got any of you youngsters out there listening to me right now, man, don't buy into that crap. These people don't care about you. They really don't. They don't care if you go to school or don't go to school. They don't care if you never, ever get that education. They could care less. They will gladly look you in the face and say you're there to play football and you're going to be an NFL star one day. And could give I could care less what you do academically. A lot of them don't even think you belong in an academic institution anyway. And will gladly say to their friends when they're not around you, they would never be in college anyway. And I refute that talk. You know, because a lot of hours go into being these players that you cheer for. And if you were to eliminate all the hours that it takes for them to be that type of player competing on that level and it was devoted to their education and studying and going to labs and doing everything else, who's to say they wouldn't be worthy from an academic standpoint? You don't know that. But these young guys getting sold these wolf tickets about hurry up and go to the league and claim your... Chance at the at the millions of dollars? you got guys now, even under the current system, that make a very bad decision every year and decide to leave early and become, oh, somehow they became a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick or a free agent, then they're out of the league. And then life hits them in the face. And now they're trying to stagger back over to school and maybe possibly get their education, maybe possibly, or some of them don't going to go jump into the real world and then find out, you know, many, many years later that, oh, the real world is as rough as people tried to tell me or even rougher. Now I do need that education. And now I'm going to go back and get the education, but I got two kids or I'm married or I just got so much going on right now. I'm working all these hours at this job I hate. How am I going to find time to go complete my education? That's under the current system where a guy's in school for three years. What happens when you start letting him out of there in a year or two? You think those guys are going back to complete three years of school? Right now they only have to complete maybe one or two. They're going to go back and complete three or four years of school? And these fans don't care. These media members don't care. They don't give a damn whether you get that education or not. They could care less. They'd rather you not get that education. They don't need to be competing with you in the job market anyway. Just head right back over to your little neighborhood. Maybe you can coach at the Little League. So... Don't buy into that nonsense. Complete and utter nonsense. Let Leonard Fournette play his three years of college football. Leave the system alone, because I guarantee you, you let him go, it's going to turn into a complete and holy mess. Everyone and their mom that makes a play is going to want to go to the NFL, and we won't even recognize college football. We won't even know the guys that are on the field. It'll be like college basketball. Don't know anyone. Well, hell, it's Thursday, so let's have a throwback. and We won't have
0: to throw it back this far. Let's get this one. Now the Gators have 4th and 13. On this down, this game, the Gators are 4 for 4 on 4th downs. Snap to Greer. Greer looking, 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 throws the ball. Got a receiver. There's a catch made on the near sideline. Down the right side, 35-30. It'll be Just saw magic, wow,
3: I just saw magic. Well, who better to bring on after playing like that? That's one of those uh goosebump clips that you that you you know you with college football. you listen to it, you hear it, you got to get goosebumps. I don't care if you're not a gator fan um, that's college football right there, and uh right now, I want to bring on Nick De La Torre from Gator Country. What do you feel like when you hear that clip from Mick Hubert?
2: I feel pressure. How am I supposed to follow that up now?
0: <laughs>
3: oh, man, that's the call uh, for the ages right there. And, man, uh, I, listen, I wasn't able to watch the game. Pro- I don't, who knows what I would have been like if I would have been in the stadium or if I would have been actually in front of a radio or TV just to hear that going to going down. I think the people that mm-hmm. watched this game on TV got cheated uh, not being able to hear mixed call on that play.
2: Yeah, uh, my dad went to the University of Florida. What he does is he he will watch the game on mute and listens to Mick's call on the radio. Uh, so yeah, he, that's he stuff, Dad. The that's there. so Dad right there, Nick. That's that <laughs> stuff. And you know,
3: you'll walk in the house and your dad's on the couch with uh, some headphones on, watching the TV, and it just is so father-like, plaid shorts and and a minivan, but. Um, we understand the value of those things, you know? So, mm-hmm. wow. What, where do we start? I text you after the game and ask you how the hell, because all I got was a final score. <laughs> we were busy beating Norland. But, um, and you didn't have an answer for me then. Do you have an answer for me now? How the hell did that happen?
2: No, you texted me. I said, I don't, I'm supposed to go write a story now. I don't know, I don't know what words to put down <laughs> uh, to describe what just happened. Um, for Florida had... Seemingly, every big recruit in the state of Florida and some out-of-state recruits. And for 55 minutes, it looked like it was going to be a recruiting nightmare for Florida. Uh, The Mm -hmm. offense was sputtering. Um, It it looked like Tennessee surely was going to snap this streak. And then um, Will Greer just got hot on on third Mm -hmm. downs, on fourth downs. Um, And it it kind of – The stadium went from quiet, which also plays into CBS having uh, some pretty long TV timeouts and then Mm -hmm. Tennessee being ahead, um, Mm -hmm. to pretty electric really quickly. Uh, I think it's just a testament to these guys really buying in um, to what what Jim McElwain is selling.
3: And almost uh, had a slip there, buddy. <laughs> uh, I almost
2: some that someone had a slip uh, last week after the press uh, after the game in the press conference. Um, oh man! So I think it's just they're buying into what Jim McElwain is selling, um, and mm-hmm. they they really believe. I I can't say with confidence that the team last year or the my first year covering the team the team in 2013 mm-hmm. would have kept their head up throughout that game and, and would have stayed in it. You know, teams mm-hmm. I've seen four teams I've seen the past two years have packed it in when it's twenty to seven. Um, and yeah. then it gets uglier from there. So I think it's right. just showing that the team believes in themselves and in the coaching staff to to stay in the game that long, even when uh, most of the writers were already, you know, writing the eulogy for the game by the third quarter.
3: I could imagine. Um, listen, the way things were going offensively, I was able to watch the first quarter, um, and then, you know, you try and follow the game as we're riding in the bus in any way possible, Twitter, uh, Score app. Uh, and it just didn't sound like the offense was doing anything. So when I saw a score of 27-14, I have to admit I kind of I kind of threw some dirt on onto the grave too and just put the phone away and said, "Let me let me focus on what, you know, got going on here in front of me." Um and then you know, we caught a break and I saw that. So uh, I was like, "Man, how the heck did that happen?" That's why I sent that text. What's the loudest you've ever heard the swamp in all your years being there? And where does this rank with that?
2: Uh, for me, I was at the two thousand. I was at the Jarvis Moss block game uh, mm-hmm. when they when he blocked a South Carolina field goal at the end. That was absolutely mm-hmm. the loudest um, I've ever experienced. Um, mm-hmm. I was at the two thousand eight LSU game uh, for routed mm-hmm. them. I think when Percy Harvin caught that first touchdown on a ball that was tipped, that was a little bit louder. As a member mm-hmm. of the media. Um, that's the loudest it has been. Now, I'm under 500 since joining the beat, so there hasn't been a lot of times for the fans to be loud since I've been here. Um, that right. was definitely the loudest um, I've heard it since I've been working and covering Florida.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a fan send me a video um, with audio uh, at ground level, and, mm-hmm. man, uh, it, it was so similar to, to, you know, Chris Davis running back to kick, the, the failed field goal uh, for Auburn against Alabama, just the same kind of element. And, you know, like I said, it's it, it's that's about college football right there. It's not about you're a Gator fan or a Canes fan or a Knowles fan. You just love college football, and you would never get that, I think, in an NFL game. I mean, uh, and, off and the top the of my play, head.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the play that you see, happens so often in college football, you know, just a, a, a little – 15-yard, 10-yard in, that all of a sudden breaks for a touchdown. You see it every week on highlights. It just never seemed to happen to Florida. And and there was never, you know, a broken tackle or the extra block to spring somebody these past two years. So you would go home after watching a Florida game and see all these crazy plays. Well, why are they happening for the Gators? So I think that that shock, uh, not only the shock of the actual play, but, Oh, hey, that actually happened to Florida once. Um, right, played into that as well.
3: Yeah, it probably gives fans a feeling of, oh, things may be turning. There may be a corner getting mm-hmm.
2: getting turned
3: uh, here in, in in Gainesville, and things might be, you know, looking in a different way. When I look at this game as a as a former player, and I have this advantage of having played for uh, a, a, a team that didn't win as much in Long Beach State. And having played for a team that won all the time in the University of Miami, that game looked and not to take anything away from the Florida Gators and not to take anything away from Will Gurren and Antonio Callaway, that just looks so much mental. It looks like so much like what happened in games when I played at Long Beach State where you come in with all the greatest intentions, you wanna win, but you just lost two or three games in a row and Mm -hmm. you may have a lead and then you just start thinking this is not supposed to happen. We're not supposed to, to to win here. What what are we doing winning? And it just looked like that for Tennessee as I watched the game on TV. Now, obviously, I'm not there in person, but it's almost like they will themselves to a loss. We've lost ten straight times to these guys. The minute they start getting some momentum, well, this is what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to lose. And that's just what that looked like to me.
2: Grabbing defeat from the jaws of victory. That is something for the – unfortunately did a lot the past two years, and, and mm. it, it's funny. I said, I think, on your on the show last week, these streets have funny ways of continuing. You know, I mentioned Austin Harden's 49-yard field goal uh, from two years ago. Now, there's been some yes, crazy plays to happen, and this <laughs> Antonio Callaway, uh, I also wrote that I think, you know Run Lindsey Run torments Gator fans, even me bringing it up in my story uh, <laughs> got me some nice, nasty tweets. But I think that this play really, with everything that it encompasses you know eleven in a row, Tennessee was pretty much dominating that game for for an hour um that this play could torment Tennessee fans like Run Lindsey Run, torments Florida fans still to this day.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's one they'll never, they'll, uh, they'll never forget. Uh, it'll be hard for them to live down. Um, and you know, if this thing goes to 20, it'll, it, th- this will mm. certainly be in there. It won't, it won't be forgotten. All right, we got to put Tennessee into the rearview mirror because it's not Vanderbilt this week. It's not Southwest or Southeast or Middle West somebody. It's freaking Ole Miss. They're third ranked in the country. They just beat Bama. They're flying high. What's the sense you get through uh, your interviews with the players and coaches? What What's the feeling you get amongst the team?
2: They. Th- this is what these kids come to a school like Florida for. Um, this mm-hmm. is Florida hasn't had a, a top twenty-five, a, two top twenty-five ranked teams playing at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium since two thousand and twelve. So it's been a long time. Some of some of these players have never played in a top-25 matchup. All of the mm-hmm. younger players haven't. So, mm-hmm. I, uh, talking to Valdez Showers, a, a guy who's been around for five years, he's been in some big games. He says he can feel it in the air. Um, it feels familiar. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like uh, it's happened in a while, but it feels familiar to him. He says the guys recognize the opportunity that's in front of them. Um, you're never going to go into a game as a coach or as a player thinking you're going to lose, I think the players know that they might be the only ones, That the people in the locker room might be the only ones that think mm-hmm. they're going to win this week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They get that sense, and I feel there like there's a quiet confidence among the players um, heading into the game. Some, sometimes as a player,
3: that's kind of what you want, because it allows you to create that us-against-the-world mentality and you know, mm-hmm. get you in a really good place going into the game. Alright, for this to happen, though, what's, what are the three key things Florida needs to do to pull this upset Saturday night?
2: Uh, First off, you have to win the turnover battle, and and not just win it. I think you have to have no turnovers on on your end. So Mm -hmm. Florida's defense is good enough that they're going to keep Florida in games. Alabama turns the ball over five times, and now Ole Miss has 40 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Florida's offense isn't as good as Alabama's, isn't as mature as uh, as Alabama's is and if you get a situation where the defense is basically doing circles from the bench back out onto the field because of three and outs, right. they're going to get tired and, and Ole Miss will be able to take advantage because they're deep and wide receiver um, and tight end I think they can run the ball most people think that's their weakness it might not be as strong as their passing game but Ole Miss can run the right. ball so you need mm-hmm. to win the turnover battle and not just win it, but have none on your end. Um, you can't have any penalties. Third and three mm-hmm. can't turn into third and eight because an offensive line uh, an offensive lineman flinches. Can't right. have it. Um, when you're trying to take down a team that is as good and playing as confidently mm-hmm. as Ole Miss is, mm-hmm. you can't shoot yourself in the foot. So turnovers, penalties – and then the third thing is is you need to hit them early. You need to punch them in the mouth early. So I think I said this last week against Tennessee is mm-hmm. probably the worst thing that happened to Florida was Ole Miss having a close game against Vanderbilt. If they yeah. had a, a, a lousy week of practice and put up 50 on Vanderbilt, we're in 50-6, to the players start to think, oh, well, we didn't really go as hard in practice last week as the week before – and that was a pretty good outcome. Maybe we can get away with it this week. Now this week, mm. Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff are hammering that into these mm. players' heads. Look what you did last week in practice. Look what the outcome was on Saturday. It's kind of the effect that Jim McElwain was able to have with his team after the ECU right. game. So right. Florida has to, has to hit Vanderbilt in the mouth early and let them know, hey, that thing – those things you worked on in practice and the coaching staff said we're going to work, they're not going to work. We're here, we're is ready, old, is, we're not. Is,
3: in your mind, is Ole Miss the beast that everyone's making them out to be? I mean, they opened up the season against, um, you know, two not-so-hot opponents. Sure, they they put up 70 points on them. They go play Alabama, and Alabama just didn't want the football. Uh, you fumble two kickoffs. Um, you're, you're you know you're making ridiculous throws and like you said five turnovers and you end up winning by six points um, when you were plus five in the game and then you struggle a little bit next week against Vanderbilt are are they are they King Kong like people want to say or what do you think?
2: I think Ole Miss is the best I, uh, is the best team in the SEC. I picked them to win the SEC West when we were at SEC Media Days. Um, in the first two games, when you're playing bad competition, what you want to see is domination. And 76 to 3, 73 to 21, that's dominating, whether it's Tennessee Martin and Fresno State uh, or whoever you're playing. And I think winning at Alabama at night, prime time, first time Ole Miss has ever beaten Alabama in two consecutive years, um, I think that's the best win anybody in college football. Um, can boast right now. And and then I think there's a little hangover from that going into Vanderbilt. You know, Ole Miss is a team that these juniors, they were the recruiting class that everything was being built around. So Mm -hmm. Ole Miss isn't a program that's had a ton of recent success. Maybe not being able to handle that success against Alabama leads into the performance against Vanderbilt. I think this – Ole Miss team is for real and, and as real as any of the teams that I've watched uh, in college football this year. Well, yeah, you'll know the times are
3: changing if uh, Ole Miss can, within a three-week span, go into Alabama and win and then come into Florida and win. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this is one of those marquee matchups this weekend, and uh, I'm excited to watch it. I know you're excited to sit there and report it. And will we have uh, another thriller and um, concrete-crushing um, excitement at the uh, at at the swamp. We'll we'll all just have to see, man. As always, Nick, thanks for coming on and giving us your thoughts on the Florida Gators. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, all right, Nick De La Torre from GatorCountry.com. They're gonna have uh, they have all the coverage for you on the big game coming up on Saturday night as Florida, now ranked number 25, takes on Ole Miss. I'm gonna jump into a quick break when I get back. But Elliot from Tomahawk Nation joins me next to talk Florida State Seminoles. We'll be back right after this. That sound can only mean one thing: it's time to talk Florida State Seminoles football, and who better to do that with than Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation? But I got to tell you this real quick: uh, the wife and I went to every away game for the Florida Gators last year, but one, which was Vanderbilt. We didn't make it out to that one, and uh, I'm fine, man. You know, went to Alabama, went did that whole thing, went to Tennessee. I'm fine. Uh, everything's great. Go to the Florida State game. And they start playing that chant, and the damn horse comes out and drops the spear. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I felt something. I felt like going out on the field, and I felt like playing some football and trying to crack some Seminole heads. Now, mind you, before I went to the University of Miami, I was a Florida State fan. I'm a DB. If you're a DB, you love Florida State, Terrell Buckley, Deion Sanders, Leroy Butler. That's where it was at, you know. Um, and then I became a Miami Hurricane, and 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 then that sound became like uh, a call to action for me. And I'm cool. I'm years past, and I'm I'm be damned. I was sitting in Doke Camel, and the damn chant came on, and and the Seminole came out and the horse. And man, I was I, I had some emotions. My wife looking at me like, "You
1: okay? What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, for uh, you know for for big games, Doke is is it, it, really special. It, it it's not always the most consistently special environment. Um mm. but you know for your for your Florida State, for your you know, for or for your Florida, for your Miami, you know, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, just thinking about the biggest games they've had in there of late, it, it still gets, you know, about as loud as as, as most of the loudest places in the country. Maybe you know, maybe L S U and uh Florida and the new Alabama accepted. But it it's it it's right up there with almost everything. Um yeah, and this listen, weekend in late Florida.
3: As a former cane player, um, I, I you know it, it might be hard for fans to understand this, but hey, listen, removed from it, that's a hell of a chant, man. That's I mean that's that's really some good stuff. It's so good that like I think a couple NFL teams ripped it off. So, uh,
1: but oh, when you enter in that arena, when when Dion went to the Braves, the Braves took it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So when you enter in the arena, that's that's you got that. And again, it's like I was talking with Nick. Uh, That's college football, man. That Mick Hubert call, the Auburn player running the the field goal back and the place going crazy, that's college football. And, you know, Florida State and Doe Campbell definitely has that environment.
1: Speaking of the Auburn kick six, this is on YouTube, and I encourage everybody to Google it. Have you seen the mm. Auburn fan that set his Christmas lights to the recording of the kick six? It, no. It, Google, Google – <laughs> he, he, he did it, he, he did it to, to tick off his Alabama neighbors. Google uh, Auburn Kick Six Christmas Lights Display. It is like the most <laughs> creative thing you will ever see.
3: Oh, there's some people out there, and and it's usually college football fans that are the craziest and the weirdest. All right, uh, you had a week off, I, and look again as a player, I hated this. I hate to get a week off and then I come back and it's uh, it's Temple uh, for Florida State, it's Wake Forest. How do you get those guys' minds right?
1: I think you have to tell them, look, if, if you don't get right in this game, when do you get right? You know, the, mm-hmm. the defense so far has been lights out. The offense has not been very good. You know, they, they have a, a ton of young guys who are, are making, you know, are making young guy mistakes, and and the uh, the veteran quarterback you brought in, Everett Golson, is, I think, playing a lot worse than you thought he would. And that's the thing. It's all right. You knew the receivers would make a lot of mistakes. You knew that you had a stud running back in Dalvin Cook, and you knew your offensive line was going to make a lot of mistakes. I think what you didn't factor mm-hmm. in was. Just sort of the the Everett Golson not picking up the simple stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. that that's been sort of an issue. And uh, we know Sean McGuire got some more reps in practice this week. We'll have to see if they stick with Golson. You know, how, how to me, I, I kind of feel like Jimbo Fisher wants to have his cake and eat it too. And and what I mm-hmm. mean by that is this: he wants those young receivers to develop within the context of that pro you know, pro style system. He wants that offensive mm-hmm. line to develop and, and run their pro style plays. But he also wants to win this year. And I think that's why he brought Everett Golson in. But the thing is, if you're gonna do that, why don't you tailor the offense to what Everett Golson's skills are, which are pretty much, you know, running around more, as opposed to you know, asking him to be more of a true drop back passer and all that stuff. So at some point he kinda of needs to make a decision and say, Look, are we trying to win the conference title this year? Are we trying to develop for next year, which could be very special because this team loses hardly anything off it?
2: Yeah, I don't know if. Yeah, I have to, to think to he's
1: thinking
3: beyond this year with that, though, uh, Bud. Don't you think? I, I mean, um, you change everything for this one guy for this one year, then do you have a problem in years to come after that with the next guy behind? Do you end up with like a whole like RG three situation? Remember his rookie year, they tailored right. everything the, the what he did. Is, of that and, yeah, yeah. Is, is,
1: is well, it's probably what's going on there. Is the, the question then? Is if you're not going to run, if you're not going to run Golson a lot, is he the best option? You know, if you're going to use mm-hmm. him as a as a pro style passer, is he actually a better pro style passer than a guy like Sean McGuire? I I don't know, and I'm not a huge Sean McGuire fan, but I think that margin is a lot closer than a lot of these FSU fans think.
3: Yeah, well, I I hear you, um, you know, bringing that up and that you even brought up Sean McGuire was a little bit of a. Uh, an eye-opener for me because you know i said something to you on twitter about it when you're when you were writing an article about golson but the fact that you are that you even would write an article or that you're even saying these things you can't be alone so what's the what's the deal in tallahassee what's the deal with the media and the fans there is it is is that what's going on is there a little bit of a buzz like is this the guy going on or is it not really like that
1: yeah, I, I I'm firmly in the in belief, and I think a lot of other people who cover this team uh, and what they're hearing as well, he's not locked in as a starter. Now I will say this: if he was playing as badly in practices as he has in games, he would have probably mm-hmm. lost the job already. So, it, in my opinion, I think he's playing better in practices than what he's shown in games. And so maybe he'll calm down in games, and 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 things will slow down for him a little bit, and he'll he'll start to, he'll start to just relax and just play. That could be, and and if it doesn't. Mm-hmm then you may have to make a chance. I don't know if you can beat Miami with Golson playing like he did against Boston College. Miami has a competent offense, I and mean, Kai is playing really well. We, we can talk about their defense and you know, how they can't pick up short yardage running the ball and stuff, but they they can at least put mm-hmm. up some points. you got to be mm-hmm. able to score. What you got to think if you can't get to at least 24 against Miami next week, you're not going to win, right? Mm, um, yeah, because offense is looking good. And we'll, we'll get a good yeah. look at
3: it tonight, although it will be going against routes on air, but – Um, You get a chance to see a little bit more of the Miami offense tonight.
1: Not impressed with those Cincinnati defensive backs?
3: No, just for I don't know what it is. It has something to do with giving up like 1,100 yards last week against
1: the damnedest thing I ever watched. 480 through the air is, uh, um, you know, oh, by the way, Cincinnati would have beat them if they didn't settle for five field goals and have read them.
3: Yeah, um that that was a that was a crazy game. And then you you have a you have a Cincinnati quarterback that threw for almost 600 yards in 3 quarters. I mean, as a guy who played on the defensive side of the ball and coaches it, uh I did everything not to just throw up all over my remote control, but nevertheless, um is there anything That's to worry about here with this yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, is there anything to worry about with this Wake Forest team? And in your opinion, is this a better Wake Forest team than they've put out there the last couple of years?
1: I I kind of think so, but what do you think? I would say there's not really much to worry about. Um, Wake Forest is throwing the ball a lot more this year, but they're doing so uh, incredibly like it's incredibly inefficient. They're they're like next to last in the country in pass efficiency, so they are chucking it around, but mm-hmm. not in like that Cincinnati Memphis style. Um, right. So that, that, there's not a whole lot to worry about with that. I think that the main worry is going to be, what what do you do as a team? I, th- I think you need to show progress. Maybe the biggest worry, to be honest, is the weather. Have you been watching this hurricane? Yes. Um, and, and It's going to listen, affect North Carolina and Virginia perhaps very much on Sunday, but the problem is if it, if it speeds up a little bit, it might not be affecting those NFL games. It might be affecting those Saturday games on the East Coast.
3: It just might be, uh, and that is an issue that you don't always have in that area, but, but it seems to be. We're just happy not to be having to run the publics down here and load up on everything. But, um, yes, it is going to have some effect on some games, whether that's Saturday or Sunday. Is Like you said, it's up to the speed of this thing. So not Wake Forest, but the weather is going to be the biggest issue. here. I don't know if there's any other team like this in college football right now. Wake Forest has not forced a turnover yet this season. Were you aware of that?
1: Ooh, no, I was not. Now, that was the other thing I was going to say. Wake Forest this year, uh, in previous years, they've actually had a pretty salty defense, and, and, and it mm-hmm. went unnoticed because their offense was like the worst the worst Tower 5 conference offense in the country. Mm-hmm. This year, the offense has improved some, and the defense has taken a step back. Because if you lose two NFL corners from Wake Forest, you, you probably don't mm-hmm. have two NFL corners in reserve, uh, and D, they do not. So, uh, it, it's more of a middling team. Like their offense this year is instead of being in like 120s, it's more like in the 90s. And instead of having like a top 40 defense, they have like a top 60 defense. So it, it's it's more like they're not terrible at anything necessarily, but they're also not great at anything.
3: Any chance here um, into a bye week, Wake Forest here that Florida State kind of looking ahead to the big in-state matchup against Miami next week?
1: Oh, I, I think so. Uh, maybe on defense. Now on offense, I think you got enough guys who know they're playing for their jobs. Who you know that that's got to be hang- like like for instance, center is still up for grabs. Right guard is still up for grabs. Right tackle is still up for grabs. Quarterback is still up for grabs. A couple of the receiver spots are not necessarily up for grabs, but they're very much you know the playing time has not been not been settled there. So I think you got enough mm-hmm. motivation just with the hey. It, yeah, you, know, you could lose your job going into Miami if you play if you play like garbage against quick Four. So that I think that's the motivation there offensively not to screw up.
3: Yeah. Um what can you tell us the latest on Mario Pender? Tell us how this happened to begin with and then what, what is his current status and what's it look like for him going ahead?
1: Well, Jimbo Fisher said it was a freak thing that he actually just ran into his fullback in practice and uh and, and you mm. know he had the uh had the collapsed lung. They were expecting him to be out 10 to 12 days, which would put him back essentially for the Miami game. And I thought, wow, that's Mm -hmm. really fast for a collapsed lung. But last Mm -hmm. night on his coach's show, Jimbo said, hey, uh, he actually had a little infection in there. So they're keeping him in the hospital uh, for for some more stuff, and we don't have a timetable for his return. So I I think at the very least, since he stayed in the hospital about five days longer than we thought he would, uh, that Mm -hmm. he's not going to play for the Miami game. And he might be out several more games after that.
3: So, if no Dalvin Cook, it, how do you feel if, for any reason, Dalvin Cook's not running the football in this game? What, what, How do you feel about what's going on at running back for Florida State?
1: Well, against Wake Forest, I, I would feel fine. Um, they have a kid named Jonathan Vickers who is out of, you know, North Florida Christian up there, and he's sort of a, a hybrid running back, fullback. Um, and then you also have Jacques Packer, who is a guy that, you know, doesn't necessarily know the whole offense yet, but at the same time, He's a pretty powerful runner and, and 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 can do some stuff for you. They, they would get it done. Freddie Stevenson is a good fullback if you had to turn and hand the ball to. I mean, you got several guys in this reserve backfield who I think would probably start for Wake Forest. I wouldn't be too worried about that. If you had to do it against Miami, though, I would be worried because th- this is an offense that so far their big plays have become on the ground. They've only had two mm-hmm. two passing plays of more than 30 yards. You know, so they, they they've they've been extremely explosive running the ball. And their off and their passing game can't get it in going deep.
3: So, well, for these reasons alone, I expect that those two guys are going to need to get
1: a good amount of carries against Wake
3: Forest.
1: Yeah, I think Jimbo's going to try to work them in uh, just to get them some experience, but also, you don't really want to risk Dalvin Cook taking more hits than necessary. I mean, you're, you're, every play you take is an opportunity to get injured, and you don't want to play scared. But at the same time, you know he doesn't necessarily need to get 25 carries in this ball game.
3: Yeah. Uh yeah, no doubt. And if he is, if if he does need to get that many carries, then you know this this game is not going the way that the uh, Florida State hopeful uh had planned. Well um uh, it's Wake Forest and yeah, look, the fans may be looking ahead. Let's hope the Florida State players and coaches are not doing that, but uh we'll have to see as it comes down as they take on Wake Forest. What's that? A three thirty start I believe, correct? Yes, three thirty
1: on uh on I think ESPN or ABC.
3: All right, we'll see if the weather allows that to happen. And as always, Bud, thanks for coming on and talking Florida State Seminoles football with us here on the Gridiron Stud show. All right, Chad, All right, thanks, Bud. All right, Bud Elliott from uh, Tomahawk Nation joining us here on the Gridiron Stud show to talk Florida State Seminoles football. Uh, if you want Florida State football, uh, you want information, you want to know about the games, you want to know about recruiting, you want to know about coaching, you want to know about anything that's happened off the field. Uh, Tomahawk Nation uh, is where you want to go, tomahawknation.com. Follow them on Twitter, Tomahawk Nation. Uh, they'll have all of the latest information for you there. Going to take a quick break, come back for the final thoughts here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Be back right after this. Name, calling all night. I can pull the wool while I'm being like, darling, calling all night.
0: I can be a fool I'm being polite. Hey, hey, hey! Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready,
3: because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry, the match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Studs. Do it now!
0: She'll be the best of me, at will both be numb And she'll always get the best of me, the worst is yet to come But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young This I know, this I know. Hey, I
3: want to thank my two guests on the Great Iron Stud show today, Nick Dillatore from GatorCountry.com and uh Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation uh coming on and talking Florida Gators and Florida State Seminoles football Uh, The Gators got a big one on Saturday as they take on Ole Miss at 7 o'clock. Should be on ESPN. And uh, Florida State is also – they have some action this weekend, 3.30, taking on Wake Forest at Wake Forest, 3.30 start, also on uh, ESPN. So both of those teams are uh, on your television this weekend. And uh, tonight we've got the uh, Miami Hurricanes traveling to Cincinnati to take on the high-flying, high-powered offense of the Cincinnati Bearcats. I don't make uh, University of Miami predictions, but I expect them to win this game handily. Um, maybe not a blowout, but uh, I, I don't expect them to be in in uh, much trouble in this one. Cincinnati is just not a very good defensive team, and Miami has been getting, uh, getting the job done on the offensive side of the ball. Cincinnati does put up 622 yards of offense, uh, per game, but who have they played? We're talking Memphis, Miami, Ohio, Temple, Alabama, A&M. Nothing to uh, write home about in uh, that case. They are balanced, though. They will rush for 200 and will throw for 300 on you. Threw for 620 yards last week. That's amazing. But uh, this is not uh, Alabama, A&M. It's not Memphis's defense. It's the University of Miami coming into town. And, yes, the uh, defense is always under fire, Um, and that's been the case in recent years here at the University of Miami. But um, whatever Miami is rolling out on the field tonight is going to be better than anything Cincinnati's seen, and I think from that standpoint, Cincinnati's identity is offense, and uh, if they start struggling there, it's going to be a problem uh, for them. Um, I think the bye week probably came at a good time for Miami. You know, things were getting hot and heavy there with the uh, whole – fire Al Golden stuff, so getting a week off from that uh, I think was probably a good thing for uh, for the Canes. They come into this game having forced 10 turnovers in three games. you got to love that. They need to force some turnovers tonight, and uh, Cincinnati will turn the ball over. They've turned the ball over 14 times. This team's minus 10, minus 10 in turnover ratio, where the uh, Canes come in as plus 8. Uh, just off of that alone, I would not expect uh, too many problems for the Hurricanes tonight as they take on Cincinnati. All right. Well, um, don't forget about tomorrow's show. It's Football Friday. Talk high school football. Talk college football. Talk NFL football. Amel Calamino, my co-host, will join me tomorrow. We'll give you our picks for college football and NFL. I was on fire in college football last week. If I don't say so myself, three and O, looking to go three and O again. Amel was pretty good in college too, two and one. Both of us struggle in the NFL. Uh, we'll get on our feet there. Not a problem. Those first few weeks of the NFL, always tough. But we're at you tomorrow with our picks, and also we'll talk about the biggest matchups in college football, preview the NFL games, and then we'll uh, uh, talk high school football here. We've got some big matchups coming up this weekend, Central and Carroll City. Miramar and Flanagan. Man, uh, it's probably death for whoever loses that. So we'll talk about that and. Some of the other big matchups, and uh, we'll start talking some national high school football games here too as well. So you folks that are listening to me outside of the South Florida, Florida area, uh, don't want to neglect you guys. It's good high school football going on all over the country. So we'll try to touch on some of the national matchups and some of the things going on in recruiting. So tomorrow, 10 a.m. Man, make sure you're here. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss the football Friday. You don't ever want to miss a Gridiron Stud show, but you damn sure don't want to miss the football Friday. So if you're listening now, or you're listening. Uh, on the podcast, the archive, um, Football Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Fridays. you definitely got to be here on Blog Talk Radio. You definitely don't want to miss that. It's jam-packed always, a lot of action um, with the Football Friday shows as we talk high school, college, and NFL football. I want to thank all of you who tuned in today. Appreciate you listening to the Gridiron Stud Show and for uh, making this a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. I want you to go on and enjoy the rest of your day. And, again, join us here again tomorrow, Emil Calamino and I, at 10 a.m. as we hit up all of the levels of football and get you ready for your weekend of football action. Until then, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to The Great Iron Stud Show.
1: 18- plus.